Do you think that was she that, ate like powdered donuts? Yeah. And I told her, I was like, oh girl, I'm like, I don't know if you just like ate like a donut or like what. And I was like, you have like, like, like the the powdered, like the sugar and she's on like, your upper lip. Absolutely <laughs> on cocaine. <laughs> Friends by Accident, podcast hosts on purpose. This is what you get when two Canadian women who come from completely different backgrounds serendipitously meet in a Brooklyn apartment. This is Accidental Friends with Aline Degan and Kristen Mandela. Folks, we are excited about this one. Yeah. We ever. Um, Also, we wanted to say thank you so much for the incredible kind of Oh my gosh, the feedback, yeah. Yeah, it was so great. We were very appreciative of it. We were just talking about it before we hit record. It kind um, of made us like really miss it more. You know, it's one of those things where you, when you don't do it for a really long time, you're like, oh, I think I'm okay. And then I like put out one episode and I think, I can't remember who I was saying this to, but I was literally like, this is when I feel the most myself. Like this, I love doing this so much that, um, and it's just nice to hear that you guys love it too. Felt the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are talking. We're kind of going into this new genre, I guess, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. picking kind of just like a hot button topic <laughs> because I think people did really relate to the fact that at our core, we do love each other and respect each other so much, but we yeah. see the world very differently. Yeah. And in terms of the feminism, when I think people were kind of split, like seeing it from my perspective and your perspective yeah. or vice versa. But this one, I think, is a little bit more polarizing, if that's even yeah. possible. We're talking about drugs. And drug use. Yeah. And it's funny because these topics that we're like kind of talking about now are things that have, I guess, in a way, like they've been part of our friendship, but we've never yeah. really talked about them. Like the feminism thing from last, the feminism like like episode. Intermittent it's, sprinklings of conversation. Yeah. It's just kind of part of our life and the way we live. And it's like, we just naturally accept that about each other, but we've never really gotten into, I guess, the whys and how we feel about it and blah, blah, right. blah. And dug deep. And, <laughs> yeah. And so the same thing with this topic, we've just kind of accepted it at like face value of like, you know, Kristen feels... We've just never really talked about it. And, yeah, absolutely. But or if there has ever been a situation where I'm like, hey, do you want to smoke this joint? You're kind of like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, that's no problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But it yeah. hasn't been like, so what was it about your childhood that made you <laughs> not want to do drugs? <laughs> Which would be such a weird question Can to ask you in the imagine? middle of a party. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's what we're getting into today. Absolutely. Folks. Also, I just need to preface that... Uh, there is quite a lot of construction going on in our building. We weren't able to find another time to record in person this week. Yeah. So we are doing it virtually. And um, I live in like row housing. So people are like sandwiched. I'm, we're sandwiched in between two units yeah. and people are really going at it with the hammer. So if you hear anything in the background, Chloe, yeah. I'm so sorry again. You're always like a new challenge for I Chloe know. every week. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you hear that, that's just, that's what that is. Totally. All right. Let's get let's into it, in. baby. I honestly, I feel like such a little square and such a new that I'm like, I don't even. No, but it's important. What because do I you, think, what do you ask? Like, what do you talk about? Well, I, I want to know, because I think there is often a turning point that happens where you either go mm-hmm. down a more experimental side and you either right. have a bad experience and you go hard straight edge. Right. Or you have like a bunch of half decent experiences that lead you to be like fairly open-minded, which is more of my yeah, circumstance. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that there's also that upbringing that mm. scares the living shit out of you sometimes 100 percent. where it's like kind of like that sex talk that we used to have where it's like you have sex before marriage oh cool you're gonna you'll die get you're gonna die like yeah. you're literally gonna like 
you will perish. Yes. So I feel, I'm wondering where drugs fell in that conversation for you growing up. I think that just like my the the my upbringing of like being in a um an Armenian school growing up and then like growing up through the Catholic school system and on top of that like going to an all girls party. <laughs> yeah. They're they do not know how to party. Do not be friends with the no, <laughs> no. Blanket statement. Yes. I just think growing up in like my school system, it was like not something that um, I thought about a lot. And also I'm, I do realize this, that like in elementary and in high school, I was very busy with extracurriculars. Right. So I didn't have a lot of, I guess, like idle time. And not to say that it only comes from idle time, but it literally was like, I didn't have time to kind of just like chill out and like ask, you know what I mean? Like get into stuff. Like that I experimental. Was, yeah, or like, it was I think kind a lot of, of like comes from a little bit of stagnation. Like you need to be a little bored to be like, I wonder what else. Yes, yeah, and I there. didn't really have that. Like I kind mm. of was in like musicals and dance classes and this and that. That it was kind of like I had something every single night of the week that I didn't really have time to sit with. Right. You know, people like that. And I'm not gonna lie, they like scared the shit out of us out of it. And my, so totally. did my parents. Like my parents were not like they. They really did scare the shit out of us for it. So, right. um, and then there was it wasn't also something that you gave a lot of thought. It wasn't really seen as like an option. You were no, too busy. It was and not also an option. It was like super demonized. So you were like, and well, fuck, then there it's was the one. There was like a turning point where it was kind of like, okay, then I'm not gonna ever touch it. Right. Which is, I think, what young people do. There's not a lot of nuance sometimes when you're like in that teenage thing. Like, you're like, smokers are terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for me, it was never like. We had a lot of black and white statements. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. For me, it was never like, um, if you smoke, you're terrible. If you don't, you're cool. Mm. Or, I mean, vice versa. If you smoke, you're cool. If you don't, you're not. But um, because I was in musical theater and I was singing a lot and I didn't know how to use my voice. When I hit grade 11, between grade 11 and 12, I developed vocal nodes. So if anybody knows what that is, they're little calluses on your vocal cords that when you're not singing properly, they basically, yeah, they just create calluses. Mm. So I wasn't singing properly. Okay. And when I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor at the age of like 16, 17, he was basically like you need to take care of this. If you want this as a career, you need to take care of this. Otherwise, you will never be able to sing again. Mm. Like it's gotten so bad. And they're also, because they're calluses, they can flare up at any time. So for me, things that dried out my throat freaked me out. So yeah. I I really pulled back on coffee. I drank a ton of water. I was constantly drinking tea. Um, I was in high school. So it's not even like alcohol was really a thing for me. Um, I couldn't scream or whisper. I had to just speak in a regular tone if I was going to speak at all. And so for me, any kind of like smoking was like, that's out of the question. I've never done it. So I'm not going to start now when I know it could potentially ruin a career that I may want to go into. And so I never touched it. But that's very smart. Like there's a level of responsibility and self-awareness there that I think is maybe a little bit unique to some people. Like I think some people would be like, oh, I really want to sing, but I also am like fine to experience. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I like, think it, it just really valued. It just yeah, didn't. It yeah. really freaked me out. Like the he was pretty stern about it of like, if you do this, you may not be able to sing again. And at the time I was like, oh, I'm going to be on Broadway. So that I can't why, do that. Yeah, so, why would I do that? Right. Yeah. So that was kind of my thing. And totally. obviously I've like done stuff since, but it wasn't we'll like get into the, that yeah we'll get into that <laughs> but it was like that was i remember that being like such a defining moment 
for me of like, this is not going to be a regular thing for me. For sure, right. it won't. You know what I mean? Totally. So yeah, how how did that. it come for you? Like what what? Like so, I'm so curious to know what like <laughs> growing up in this like liberal. Yeah, I mean, like it's not like my parents would like, high go school. smoke a doobie. My mom was very anti-smoking. Something yeah. it's something that she never she never has still smoked a cigarette. Um, and like the idea of inhaling things, she was always like, that just seems so gross. Yeah. Um, and I totally relate. Like I, I can understand like some people just have that really big aversion to like yeah, inhaling yeah, totally. something into their lungs. Um, I didn't, that wasn't inherently passed down to me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> must have skipped a generation. Like, yeah. Must have skipped a generation. But, um, for me, it was kind of more of like less of that, like, uh, fear based language, I guess it was more mm. of just like. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to put down, put together the words of like how I feel like it was it was projected onto us, but I think a lot of it was just like drugs are bad because it's kind of that like old school gateway drug mentality right. where you there's a lot of weed we've grown like, you know, being in Canada, marijuana is quite popular, yeah, and that was the kind of first drug that I was exposed to probably yeah. in grade ten or so, where a lot of my friends started just kind of getting a little more experimental. I knew a lot of people that. I'm sure the weed that they were smoking was ditch weed that was super terror, like like not very strong at all. But yeah. um, they were starting to become kind of more habitual with it or just like it went alongside with us starting to engage more with alcohol. Yeah. And I remember I, I did like it. The first time I ever did it, though, I did green out and I got super sick and I had to sleep in my friend's basement for like four hours. But the to reason that I – To ride it out. Yeah, my friend, my friend Maddie's house and she – they took great care of me, everyone that was there, and it was very mm-hmm. sweet. It wasn't like a traumatic experience. I was just like, oh, did way too much of that. That freaked yeah, me yeah, out. Yeah. And now, and then I went quite a long time without doing it. Mm. Um, and then kind of like slowly started to try it again. But I would say there were some instances that were like my mom. I remember if she's listening to this, she'll laugh because she found a bong of mine, like a little, oh my little gosh. bong that I had bought on Queen West. Oh, um, God. Yeah at that like smoke shop that's like infamous there and it was really beautiful it was like blown glass it was like I remember it was like Mm. yellow and green it was very cute and she found it and she was like I can't believe you're like a drug user and I was like (laughs) for me it didn't seem like a drug user I was like well we like I have like a a vodka or I try to smoke a little bit of weed and let's be real I was smoking it was mostly for the street cred I wanted to be cool and I also more importantly wanted to be able to be in in control of how much I was actually smoking I didn't want to go to a party and be at the behest of like these crazy hooligans that were like putting god knows what so i was like i just want to have my own little cute aesthetic thing (laughs) you know what i mean yeah um but so she confiscated it from me and then i remember finding it years later and i was like mom (laughs) i thought you took this away she's like well i just thought it was so pretty i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't think to throw it away (laughs) and i was like wow i love that so much you just saw the art in the glass blowing i mean they are quite beautiful like some of them are quite pretty really really beautiful yeah but it was just such a funny moment where i was like oh she obviously hated that it was like a mechanism for drugs but still appreciated that it was like quite cute yeah 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 i don't even know Um, if i ever went into that store like this is this this is what I find right. is so funny about us is that like at like 17, 18, I was going in and oh buying God, paraphernalia no. and you had never even thought. No, God, no. <laughs> I thought I would probably go in there and then like get high off of the aromas of right. people. And then your like, parents would be like, yeah. And then been? I'd be like, I'm going to get in so much shit. I'm going right. to get kicked out of the school musical. Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't even, I think that there's one thing that I grew up with. It was just. My mom always calls it my horseshoe. Like, it's just so far up my own ass. Yeah. I kind of just 
and I think it's a little bit of arrogance too. And I think that might be growing up in like in the area that I grew up in where you feel a little bit untouchable for better or for worse, but yeah, in like yeah, a predominantly yeah. white upper middle class area, you do feel kind of just like, yeah, nothing bad can happen. Right. Um, which I think is a safe emotional space to be in growing up. But sometimes if unchecked can lead to you becoming a, an absolute monster Trainer. when you're yeah. older. <laughs> yeah. But all the I finance bros just, listening. Being yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, they're, totally. they're quaking in their boots. All the finance <laughs> bros that listen to this podcast. <laughs> um they're like feminism drugs yeah exactly (laughs) I mean I wish that they would but um yeah so I think for a long time honestly I only really experimented with with marijuana and I liked it because it just kind of felt um relaxing and it was kind of just like that funny goofy like the dazed and confused vibes you know what I mean you get kind of snacky and you have a good time with your friends um can I tell you a funny story in high school too oh I'll wait to I have a really funny story this is just to like I just really want to paint the picture of like how square and square i'm just gonna keep calling myself a square okay how square i was there's i will never forget it like i actually can picture it so vividly so we had this like bus stop that the all girl school and all the the all boys school used to meet at called the bus stop and it would be like all the kids and they'd meet there at like the three o'clock 315 mark and there was this girl who was i think she was a year older than me and she was like always in really cool with like the boys that were a year older than her so right um people like in my brother's age range and i was so dumb mm-hmm. and naive that i remember her her like she was like hanging out with this group and then she like came over to talk to me and she had <laughs> white powder like literally all along her like upper lip and under her nose okay and my first instinct was that she oh my god i'm like (laughs) was that powder donuts yeah and i told her i was like oh girl i'm like i don't know if you just like ate like a donut or like what and i was like you have like like the the powdered like the sugar on your upper lip oh my god (laughs) and she was like Oh my god! Think and she like brushed it off so quickly, and I was like, "Oh, she must be mortified that she just dummied that donut." That donut, and she's <laughs> and like, she's got powder absolutely sugar, absolutely on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think there's something beautifully innocent about that. I think that's it. wasn't even It wouldn't even ever cross your mind that somebody no, was using it was drugs. Liter- they were just you know what's funny though is that that, that didn't cross my mind until so many years later. Right. Like so, where so you many. like reflected and you're like, huh? huh probably okay. wasn't powdered donuts. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, that's funny. Yeah, I love that story. Because she was also and it like, perfectly encapsulates also how drugs were just not on your radar. No, they were so not because she was also like, and in hindsight, a hundred percent it was. But like, because mm-hmm. she was also that person that like was like classic jittery, a train smoker. She was like mm. stick thin. She just was like fit into the stereotype mold of what you would envision um so <laughs> that's so good if you're out there and you're still eating you're those powdered well, donuts sweetie. baby girl wipe that nose <laughs> you know what i'm saying hope you found some <laughs> peace uh, fuck that's really funny i love <laughs> that story some peace um yeah i have a few of those like stories that are just show how absolutely ridiculous just innocent you were innocent yeah and i, and I don't think that like you can't be innocent if you're smoking marijuana. I think the one thing, and I've had this conversation with my mom actually recently where it's like the older generation associated, well, I mean, it is a lot of marketing, right? Right, totally. With, like getting into marijuana as like a gateway drug yeah. to 
much bigger and much scarier things and a lot yeah. of that fear mongering was based off of like real fear of being like oh my god I really don't want you to totally. like ruin your entire future yeah. and also with developing brains like it's not that good of idea to smoke a bunch of weed like I totally get that yeah but I do think that we have legitimized alcohol so much as yeah. just like a regular thing people drink and like oh well whatever they're 15 16 like they're experimenting with alcohol and then somebody picks up a joint and all of a sudden that they're like gonna be starting to like inject meth into their you know what I mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's such a it's such an interesting social thing that I, I know, find it's true. is just like I don't understand them like more, more people die from alcoholism than any other drug combined and we always are like oh, marijuana you know what I mean I'm like I think the fire is in the wrong place here yeah 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 um, totally totally I mean but, and then like also like as you it's just kind of it's so normalized like it's just something that is like it's almost it's it's so funny like that it's it's something that is so commonplace that mm-hmm. when you're going through you know like your university like years or your college years or whatever it really is a rite of passage and it's absolutely such a weird it's such a strange one like when you step back into like a macro level you're like huh this is like very yeah. normalized and it's very strange yeah it's very strange yeah um can we just jump to something juicy though can you just tell me all the drugs that you've done um, I've only ever, so this is what I'm going to, this is what's going to be really funny is because is I never list? even, <laughs> no, I never even know like how to say it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So sure. even I was at a cottage on the weekend. You're going to say like, I do, I do weed. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was literally, oh my God, Chris, I have another story too. I'm going to have to share it because okay, it's just okay. like, I just like really like to paint the picture, but, um, I was at a cottage on the weekend and I think I, I said, there was obviously like drugs around. It was nothing like of the hard stuff. It was literally just like weed. Weed. Actually, it was. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's all that was it. Um, and I think I said like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't do it," or I don't like. I literally don't even know how to verbalize. How to, like, reference it. Yeah. So I've only that. ever done weed, and I've had like one piece of a um, a chocolate mushroom, like a mushroom chocolate. Mushroom nice. chocolate. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Okay. Nice. So um, what what are you, what are your views on um, drugs now? I'm very much of the mindset, and I think it's because I I'm really really grateful to like the friends and people that I have in my life that they are so incredibly respectful of my stance on it. I guess of like I don't want to do. I just I don't care for it now. Mm. It's no longer at a place where it like scares me, but I don't care for it because I right. have spent you've gone so, so long, much guess, of my adult it. life without it. That I don't really see it as like a, like even if it was right in front of me, this is a crazy thing. I went all the way to Columbia and I was with like six or seven people. And out of all those people, I was the only person that didn't do any cocaine. Right. And I remember coming home and it was like, I went, I was, I was working in a restaurant. So like, I'm sure anybody that works in the industry knows that cocaine is like all over the place yeah and drug use is pretty rampant in the yeah industry. it's pretty rampant and people were shocked that they were like really not even in Colombia." and i'm like no i genuinely have zero desire for it like there's not a part of me that's like oh i kind of wish i tried it i'm a curious cat in the sense of like i just like want to see what it looks like Mm-hmm. But it was so commonplace there that it was like you didn't even have to go looking for it. It was literally everywhere, right? So it was like totally. I don't know. It just kind of that's it. I draw the line at 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 weed and a, a little nice mushroom. Cocktail. Yeah. What about you? 
Do we have the time? Do we have an <laughs> <laughs> Okay. My, 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 my parents, if they listen to this, they're going to be like, um, excuse me? Yeah. Uh, no. So it actually isn't really that crazy. I feel like um, it's funny. I think a lot of people in my life assume that I've been like much more adventurous. Right. I think what I struggle with when I was growing up and I was like very experimental, I was just kind of like going with the flow of things, but I still yeah. always had things that scared me. For sure. Um, and and cocaine has always been one of them, just especially understanding with yeah. fentanyl and everything. It just it always exactly. seemed like something that just didn't have the bang for its buck. Like people are like, yeah, you get high for like a half hour and it's expensive. I'm like, that sounds terrible. terrible. Like, that sounds like yeah. economically stupid for me. Like I'm not doing this. <laughs> um, and then also, unfortunately, being or not fortunately or unfortunately, but being exposed to a lot of parties where drug use was very rampant. And yeah. honestly, having semi-sober conversations with people on cocaine I was like I never want to look like this person I know that sounds really judgmental but I was like this is it's yeah anybody out there that's experienced being cornered in a a house party by somebody that's on cocaine that wants to talk to you for 45 minutes it isn't a super great yeah um equal conversation it's pretty overwhelming and I kind of always was like this doesn't really seem that that attractive to me and I don't really like Mm -hmm. snort like I've never snorted anything up my nose so I've just never really been into it yeah um but I would say – so it's that. Like marijuana is something that I um, use pretty regularly. I think what has changed now is it's turned more into like uh, a glass of wine at the end of the night rather mm-hmm. than a glass mm-hmm. of wine, if that makes sense. Like having yep. a hit of like a nice CBD, CBD joint or something to unwind rather than to have alcohol. See, and I didn't then, even know that there were different types of mm-hmm. marijuana. There's so many different ones. We Like Andres and I really prefer – more CBD than THC so you don't really get very stoned you kind of just like feel a little bit more mellow and that's kind of a nice yeah, unwinding no thing that we like to do um I think you'd honestly probably like that quite a bit it's really Maybe, nice yeah. um but other than that it's been shrooms and MDMA and that's basically it MDMA yeah. like ecstasy basically ecstasy that I've done huh. I went to like many many music festivals where that was pretty rampant and the quality and experiences of those have differed quite significantly so I imagine really? the cut like what what was in them was also quite different like I can't imagine I've always had the exact same quality of MDMA like and I think see, that's there were like exactly what sure. freaks me out I think right. that's where I like get into the there is like a letting go of the control thing that I've also had an issue with and when my friends would be like yeah we'll just take like a full capsule of something I'd be like okay I'm gonna like divide mine into four and I'm yeah. gonna have mine every half hour or I would do something really sneaky which sounds terrible but I would just like wait for my friends to come up on it and then I'd like come up later than them. Like I would get high on the drug after them, but I'd be like, I can see that they're all having fun and they're all being safe. And I know that sounds terrible being like, I'm letting my friends be the experimental guinea pig for me, but it would put my brain so much more at ease knowing that they're having a good time. They're like, oh no, this is great. I feel good. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Like now I can enter into this the same way. Yeah. Like the only, I even think about like, I think it's nice that I, you mentioned that of like having like the safe, like you, you were the one looking out being like, hey, they're being safe, blah, blah, blah. Right. I've always felt totally fine being that person, obviously right. sober, um, to be like, that's fine if you guys, you know, want to do whatever. But I, I like the fact that I am the one that is in control a bit. Yeah. And I think in the one and only time that I did that, um, that chocolate, um, I was with a friend, friends who I trusted truly with my life. So it was like, and they had done it time and time again like Mm -hmm. they were just it was like very commonplace for them and I I remember being there like okay I'm trusting you and they were like yes like and I I do still to this day like trust them 
It's not even that like I had a bad experience that I wouldn't do it again. It was literally like I don't. Okay, that was fine, but I don't care right. to right. It's relive not that. To you. It's it's yeah, so totally. not interesting. The the feelings are not interesting to me. The life of like I will watch any possible drug show you put on television. Right. Baby, I'm there. But it doesn't make you envious or like wishing no, that you had No, not even it. in the slightest. Okay, so that this is where we differ because I I do think that in a lot of ways drugs unlike alcohol, can allow your brain and your consciousness to experience something that you're not able to do it, that you're not able to do completely sober. And I think the issue is that in our society, mm-hmm. we've made them into party drugs. Right. But where they actually originated from were from ceremony. And I feel like that's where my mindset shift is trying to move now is yeah, like yeah, yeah. mushrooms and marijuana especially because they are from the earth. And I do think that they have like healing properties. Right. Um, which they do when which for sure and i think when used appropriately that's the key word and not like for the sake of partying can be super transformative yeah like even when i was in costa rica i hope that my they don't mind me mentioning but like i we did mushrooms and we walked through the jungle for like two and a bit hours and it was just like a really truly incredible Mm -hmm. experience and something that i'm going to remember forever because i didn't feel drunk or high or out of body but what when you take a small amount of mushrooms does is that it allows you to a feel super present in your body like nothing else exists outside of what you're experiencing which is something that i think me along with a lot of people in like western culture which is so go 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 have a hard time doing sometimes every color feels more magnified every sound feels Mm -hmm. louder and it was like a super immersive experience that we were like we walked out of that and we're like, holy shit, that was that something was cool. really special. And we got to share that together. And I think when drugs are used like that for like a community or like an experiential purpose and yeah, not yeah, just yeah. like, let's get fucked up, which yeah. like, hey, I've done my fair share of doing drugs for that purpose too. But I think where I'm at now with drugs is being super mindful when and why I'm consuming them and not just doing them for the sake of doing mm-hmm. them you know what i mean like when my yeah, friends yeah, yeah. want to take a bunch of shrooms and then go to like a party i'm like i could not relate to it like i do not want to have there's no part the of feelings yeah, that yeah. i'm ha- yeah like that's not interesting to me at all mm-hmm. i would rather just either be sober or i would like drink have a few drinks or whatever but um, yeah i think i was always trying to also be cautious conscious of the fact that like what are you using this for like right. even with alcohol for me for me specifically it'll be like alcohol mm-hmm. and there were so many times that in university um my friends used to laugh that like you I would go to a bar completely dead sober I've driven to bars multiple times and I Mm -hmm. would I would still do it just because I wanted to go and hang out for me I was like I don't even care maybe I'll get one drink if I really want to but even that I don't really give a shit it's not that it's not that I'm gonna be like drinking to get fucked up and then I have to whatever like I can enjoy a drink but sometimes I'm like, I just want to drive. I don't really want to like spend the money on a an Uber or a taxi. So I think it's like important to also realize like the reason that you're doing it. I totally agree with that. You know actually. I mean? And I think that that's with, you know, that I'm not drinking right now. And I feel yeah. like that's something that I've felt socially. It's so interesting to watch people's yeah. reactions when you say that you're not drinking. And unfortunately, I had like some negative experiences on the weekend where people mm. were like, you're not drinking like why did you even kind of like what are you that's ridiculous and it's they were also very intoxicated when they were having that type of conversation with me and I know that they were doing it in a way where it's like come on like you're kind of like somebody literally said you're kind of ruining the energy and I was like (laughs) I don't think that that's true (laughs) but 
okay point taken fuck me right um oh my god yeah but i mean also drunk people say lots of things which is another thing that i think is making it harder for me to return back to drinking alcohol because i'm like y'all y'all are acting a fool (laughs) yeah 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 but um i do think that it is something that like if if somebody offered you meth and you're like no sorry I don't do meth you wouldn't be like oh really like that's kind exactly. of lame yeah. but when it comes to alcohol people are so style, judgmental yeah. Yeah. and I do remember I think especially earlier on into our friendship I remember you doing a lot of driving and like you would meet like I remember a few times where we would go to like a mm-hmm. concert or like a bar and you'd be like oh I'm just like I'm driving so I'll see you there or whatever I'd be like oh dope and yeah. not having that barrier to entry to be able to enjoy a place I no. think that's unique to a lot of people I think that's yeah it is called a social lubricant for a reason and I think all mm-hmm. drugs for whatever different purpose that they have in your brain like provide an escape from our reality yeah. which is why I think when drug use goes up we have to kind of as a society look as to like why do people feel like they need to escape yeah their reality so much you yeah. know what I mean and it does make me sad thinking that um that's such a rampant and normalized totally. thing like every weekend we're drinking to get drunk because our yeah. day our weeks our days are so fucking stressful yeah. that that's the, the cycle that we're on and that's a normal cycle and then if you remove yourself from the cycle it's like well you're kind of not fun and you're yeah like, yeah okay. yeah <laughs> I know Sweet. it's it's so it's so interesting I've like I've I've tried to cut out not that it's like I I drink all the time but I've I've really tried to cut out between Sundays and Thursdays like even if I have a dinner planned for midweek I won't drink at the dinner I'm only mm-hmm. trying on Fridays and Saturdays and even if on those two days I don't have an event or I'm not going out for a dinner or whatever the case is that doesn't require it it's not like Friday's hit I gotta have my glass of wine or like mm-hmm. I gotta have my gin and soda I'm just mm-hmm. like if the if it calls for it that's great if not whatever and it's totally even that has felt really nice but I also want to say like I want to shout out anybody too because I felt this and I feel like a lot of people don't feel this but because you were just explaining it with not drinking alcohol but I've always been the one in my friend groups especially going through the restaurant industry like Mm -hmm. going through my 20s in the restaurant industry where alcohol and drug use is so rampant Mm -hmm. that um I have never once and I've been really lucky I've never once been pressured to do any of that stuff so even when my restaurant friends and I I say my restaurant friends but they're very very good friends of mine went to Colombia and Panama and all these places they would ask do you want to try it? And I'd say no. And they would not even, they wouldn't even bring it up again. They were just kind of like, okay, we respect that. It was such utter respect that I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't judge what you guys do because it's one of those like your body, your decision. I don't really give a shit to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to do everything under the sun, fucking do it. Like it's not, you know what I mean? It's not affecting me in any way. But and I, so I just want to say, like, it's so nice to have people like that in your life, too. That are that would, non-pressuring, supportive. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's And just, they're more rare than you'd like to admit, yes, unfortunately. Which is uh, weird. It is kind of strange. But I think it just speaks to the fact that a lot of people don't feel comfortable. Because I don't think people are truly doing it because they want to all the mm. time. You know what I mean? Because if they did, they would do it alone. Totally. They would get drunk by themselves or yeah. maybe they do and that is maybe a different issue. But I think for the <laughs> most part, when people are doing drugs and they're doing or they're like drinking a shit ton, they're doing it and they want other people to kind of go down that same, yeah. you know what I mean? Go down with the ship with them. Yeah. And I think uh, it just speaks to the fact that if it makes you uncomfortable that somebody else isn't drinking with you, maybe you need to like reevaluate, reevaluate a little bit. Yeah. 
Do you um, have is, friends in your like growing up? Because you talked about it a lot from like the perspective of growing up in your I guess like community, your high school and your friend group and all of that, that it was like really commonplace. Whereas my friends, it isn't really like the girls that I've grown up with. It's not super, super common. Um, do you have any friends in that friend group that haven't ever touched it? Don't really do it. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of friends that don't like being high or that it gets them super anxious and they just Mm. like don't enjoy themselves. Uh, but it's kind of one of those things where it often usually stems from like one super negative experience yeah. or just an inability or like a disinterest in losing control. Yeah. And I think that's something that's super interesting too and not to be judged, up, uh, judged upon. Like I don't care whether you want yeah, yeah, or yeah. don't want to have control. But I think that's something that's always been very interesting. I hope to think – like I, in reflection, I'm, I'm hoping that I don't or I haven't been like a pusher in any kind. I'm sure I have in my younger years. But totally. Now it's really not something that I would ever care if somebody else does or doesn't want to do. And and in fact, I would encourage them if they're even on the fence to not do it because when you go into a state of altered, like an altered sense of state um, without really wanting to be there, it's not a fun place to be. You know what I mean? Like I remember it used to be like this very funny thing. Um, you know these people, but I won't blast them on the yeah. podcast. Where they drugged their other friend with with MDMA right before coming to the bar, like put it in the guy's beer oh without God. without him realizing it. And it like he had a big family thing the next morning, and he was just like so high, and it was like very traumatic. And he was that just would like be fucking terrifying. Oh, it would be truly terrifying, and I couldn't even imagine that happening to me because I, although I think that there's a lot of special moments to be had, it isn't something that I want to. It's not something that I like often take very lightly, like right. harder drugs than, than weed. You know what I mean? Somebody gave me a weed gummy. I'm so comfortable with the ebbs and yes. flows of marijuana that it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But for stuff like ecstasy and, and MDMA, because don't get me wrong, MDMA is just rebranded like clean girl aesthetic ecstasy from the 90s. Like they're the same thing. It's just wow. like the active yeah. ingredient in MDMA is ecstasy, but ecstasy wow, is just no idea. more things. Yeah. yeah. MDMA, if you take actual MDMA, it looks very, not that this matters for the podcast, but they are very separate things. Um, cool. No, didn't know, not that are, cool yeah. that I'm going to. But people okay, often are like, oh yeah, I did right MDMA, now. but you probably just did ecstasy to be honest. But yeah. MDMA itself doesn't like make you seem super fucked up, which is why it's cut with like things like speed and stuff, which is not great. But um, Do you have a really funny story of like a time when you were, or any Super like, fucked up? not even it doesn't even have to be fucked up but like a funny story around it like around i only can think of scary stories oh, okay <laughs> which Wonderful. is not great no i'll try to think of i mean i had actually i have a really great story like a positive drug experience story let's do it i was it. in uh guatemala we were on this party boat um yeah in lake atitlan and it was just like so fun and it's in a quite a touristy area or at least like we were staying at quite a touristy uh, hostel and they had kind of organized this thing where it goes around the lake and it picks up young people from all these different hostels and on the actual boat oh my God, that's so fun there was just like these like seven seven to ten i would say drug dealers okay. and they were sitting on the boat waiting for us to get on <laughs> and they were just like hey how's it going this is like most insane of them spoke spanish <laughs> and we were kind of just like hey how's it going and obviously i was with friends that spoke spanish um andres being one of them i don't know if he wants his name put in this but we went to Guatemala we together and with some other friends that I, that I won't blast. But um, they talked to us because we were like, uh, it seems kind of reckless to buy drugs on a boat where we're not attached to land. You know what I mean? Like yes. we could yeah. drown or like if we have a medical emergency, 
what is going to happen here? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, are you yeah. going to take What's us to What's the land? contingency plan? Um, but the drug dealers were so wonderful and they were, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, honestly, tourism means a lot to us. It's like how we feed our families. It's how we feed ourselves. Like we actually have like a co-op almost of drug dealers oh where um, if we find out that any of them are cutting the drugs with anything dangerous or doing anything that we don't agree with that would harm you guys we actually don't allow them to be a part of the area oh because my we want to make sure that people have positive and safe experiences with drugs. So we like, they were like, we're cutting out the riffraff. Like, fuck that. Like, we're not having oh anybody. That, yeah. Any nefarious people. And it was just like a kind of group of friends. It seemed like, or at least like they had been cordial, I guess, because they're all in the same industry. Right. <laughs> and same so we were like, industry. oh my God, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> part of the drug um, industry. But you would be happy to know we actually ended up just drinking on the boat. And then it cool. took us to like this club later, which we ended up doing the drugs on because we were like, just to be safe. Like, let's just wait until be on land. we're on land just totally. to be safe, safe. Because also we didn't know these people. We, we wanted to take them on their word, but we were like, we'll actually have more fun if we just drink a shit ton on the boat and then once we get off we can kind yeah, of reevaluate yeah, yeah. and we ended up doing that and it was very very fun oh my God, um, and at that great. point most of the people that had been already on drugs and they were fine so again using other people in your vicinity as guinea pigs Wonderful. is very effective <laughs> yeah but um, it was such a funny thing because they're just like yeah the reality is people are doing drugs we know that and we want to make sure people have a good time and also give us their money. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that people don't like die of overdoses because then people won't come here and buy drugs anymore. And I was like, honestly, that's that's just good thinking. Yeah, yeah, you're a businessman. It's, it's super smart. I know. I loved that. You're and a we had a fantastic man. night, and it was a very fun time on Lake Italan. So that's my positive drug story. So oh, that sounds wonderful. The drug dealers of Gu- Guatemala. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. Fantastic. No, mine isn't really like a positive drug story I have I have one that like my this is not even my story I have like my friends that I grew up with they I guess like saw this guy that they went to elementary school with or something and he was on special k I'm gonna mess that up is that right is that a drug like ketamine yeah ketamine okay there you go yeah horse tranquilizer Oh, okay. There you go. Yes, that's the one. And Mm -hmm. so they were trying to figure out the next day, like what that drug was and they just Googled it, (laughs) but they didn't know what it was called. They just knew it was called like K. They kept calling it K. So they just Googled K. Okay. Literally and put the letter letter K K. into Google and it came up that it was like K, the 13th letter of the alphabet. (laughs) What is this thing that he was doing? And then they ended up looking it up. But for me, okay, so when I was in second year university, I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Um, Chris, have I ever told you this story? I'm not sure. Okay, so I got my wisdom teeth taken out on my like two-week Christmas break. And so I got it done at the very, very beginning of the break. And when you're like, I don't know if people have gotten their wisdom teeth taken out, but they'll ask you like, do you drink or or don't drink or smoke or don't smoke? Not, I don't know if they were like pretty thing on drinking, but they said don't smoke because it like dries out, blah, 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 this and that. So I was like, cool. I'm not a smoker anyway. Not a big deal. So then two weeks, they were like two weeks, you should be fine. Okay. If you wanted to smoke two weeks is fine. So I got it done on like a Monday. And then two Mondays later, I went back to school for my like winter semester and it was frost week so it's like the winter version of frost week week. and so on the i think it was the wednesday night we all went out Mm -hmm. and we couldn't get into the bar because it was so 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 busy but we had like kind of been drinking so we went back to our friend's place and i um took one bong hit if i'm even saying that properly and so 
I came back to my place with like my roommates and stuff. All of us like kind of did it. Came back to my place with my roommates, whatever. I think I felt fine or like I was probably, I probably got pretty high because I'm not like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Then the next day, my cheek kind of started to hurt. It started to kind of a little bit like swell and a little bit hurt. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. I was like, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. The Friday, the second day, it was swollen. It was like as if I had like a tennis ball in my cheek. It was so swollen and it hurt so bad. I can't even explain it to you. It was, I was in so much pain. So I went to school at at Western. So I was like two hours away from home. I called my mom. I was like, I am in so much pain. I don't know what to do. She's like, oh my God. Okay. She's like, go to your school dentist. Like maybe something's wrong with your um, wisdom teeth that you took out. Go to your school dentist. And I was like, okay. So I went to like my on-campus dentist and it was like the dental school students that were the dentists there. They were like in dental school. Mm-hmm. So they're like pretty young guys. So we're just chit-chatting while he's like kind of like getting stuff together and whatever. And he's like, oh, whatever. He's like, how's your week been? I'm like, pretty good. He's like, did you go out for Frost Week? This and that. And I was like, yeah. I told him, he's like, oh, like, did you guys go drinking? This and that. And I was like, yes, whatever, whatever. So then it comes down to like the form that he has to fill out of um, whatever your, like your name. Are you pregnant? Mm-hmm. Do you drink or smoke? This and that. So he goes, do you drink or smoke? And I go, He goes, well, I already know that you drink. Do you smoke? And I went, no. And he goes, "Um, I feel like you're lying because I I couldn't hold it. And I was like, he goes, so do you smoke? And I was like, yeah. He goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he he goes, what – like because he kind of was like, what what is going on here? Like you're really not – Yeah. And so I went – I do uh, recreational drugs. And he goes, you do what? Recreational drugs. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you mean like pot, like weed? And I was like, Like yes. he's more down with the lingo than you are. Yeah. And I go, yeah. He goes, how often? Like every day? And I was like, oh my God, no, right. no. He like goes, once. Once a, <laughs> like every other day, like once a week. And I'm like, oh no, no. Oh my God. Like, no, 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 no. He goes once a month, like how often are we talking here? And I was like, literally once in a blue moon, like I never do it. He goes, right. and he had asked me like, when did the pain start hurting? I said, Wednesday, it kind of got more on Thursday. And then by Friday it was whatever. So he goes, did you do drugs on Wednesday? And I go, yes, I did. And he goes, that has nothing to do with this, but thanks for letting me know. And like wrote it down because he saw how freaked out I was that I was like, he oh was my God, like, it's going to get back to my drug doctor. Drug noob. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he was kind of like doing whatever he needed to do. And his friend comes into the room and he's like, yo, she does recreational drugs, dude. And I was oh like. Oh my God. He puts you on blast. Put me on blast. And I was dentist. like, ugh. So then I go back to my roommates and I'm, and at the time before I was leaving to go to my appointment, I'm like, guys, do I tell them that like. I did a bong hit on Wednesday and they're like, no, you don't yeah, like, need to tell irrelevant. them that. It's where it's not. And you're like, sir, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I get back home and I'm like, guys, I told my dentist that I do recreational drugs. They're like, are you kidding? And I was like, anyway. But not even a dentist, it. like a dental student. Like this guy does not care whether you smoke weed or not. Does one not time. Sh- well, I, in my head, I was like, oh my God, of course. This is why it's the insane. one time that I did it, I smoked weed. Right. It like dried up my fucking holes of like my, my wisdom teeth. I'm going to have to get surgery again and it's going to be incredible. everything. I'm going to ruin my whole life and it was going to be so annoying. 
And I was like, great. And it's going to get back to my dentist, which is like somehow going to get back to my parents. I'm going to be in so much trouble. I'm never going to come back to Western. Like, you were literally in university. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And you're yeah. nervous about your parents finding out from your dentist that you smoked weed. Yeah. Like, are you nervous that your parents will know now that you've smoked weed or do they know now? Oh, they know. Because then for my graduation dinner, we like all went out and we like kind of started talking about like university graduation. So I this see. is like many, 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 many years ago. And we kind of started talking about like the drinking and the drugs and da, da, da. And I, I told my mom that story. She's like, I remember you were bawling your eyes out on the phone because your mouth hurts so bad. And she goes, and it was because of that. And I was like, but no, that's the thing. It wasn't because of that. And she was kind of like, well, good. I'm glad it fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Now it's so, has your, have your parents, we, we can close up the conversation because we're getting almost to our time mark, but how do your, do your parents have a, like the same view of drugs? I think they're more like, they're more open to it. They're right. not, not that they're going to do it themselves really, but they're kind of like, okay, like it's legal obviously now. So it's kind of a little bit switched their mindset. They're not, I think maybe they just don't know about it, but I could be totally wrong. Like, yeah, we should get, they, they surprise me all the time of like, oh, you did that when you were younger or something like that. I'd be super interested to hear. I could literally be like, my parents have never touched a drug in their life. They've never smoked a cigarette, blah, blah, blah. And And then they'll be like, are you kidding me? Like hiding a stash in a pack in the back. Like they just, so, I mean, they could, they could do no way more than I do for all I know. But um, I think their mindset has like changed a little bit, I would say for sure. I think they just kind of, did that when we were kids of like they're more so of the mindset that we're gonna we're gonna scare the shit out of you for this yes and then when you're older you're gonna be exposed to it anyway like their mindset is we're gonna scare the shit just get you you. over the hump of like childhood brain development right and then whenever you're older you're gonna be exposed to it we trust that you're smart and you will do whatever keeps you safe whatever makes you stay safe and then after that we don't really our hands are tied. Like we're not going right. to. Is there any drug that you think that you would ever try? Or like what's the most interesting drug to you? And then we can wrap it up and I'll tell you mine. What is the most interesting drug to me? Like if you, you know what I mean? Like if things were happening in a vacuum and you're like, you had the opportunity to like safely experience a drug. Um, I genuinely like have no idea. I feel like mm. maybe MDMA because I've seen so many people do it and it just feels really commonplace. Yeah, I think you'd like it. But other than that, like I am, I I really like, I can't emphasize like how little I care. Yeah, fair. Do you know? Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm just so curious about drugs. Like I think they're just so interesting. I'm curious about like the production and the business side of it where I'm like, Uh, wow, you are truly making so much money. Like how are you laundering this money? Right. (laughs) Yeah. From watching all your drug shows, you're like, "Mm, interesting. (laughs) From Better Um, Calls All to Breaking Bad now to Narcos, like you name it. Okay, I would what's yours? say probably ayahuasca or like DMT, oh, like those ones that like completely ayahuasca. Blow your I feel mind. like would be yeah. I think the only thing that's about hard that. about ayahuasca is that it, it it's a root that's found in the jungle, predominantly yeah. in like per, Peru, yeah. and Ecuador. That when you boil it into a tea, but the problem with anything is that now it's been like super colonized and like a lot of white people right. come down wanting to have like these crazy spiritual awakenings like throw and they, up and whatever and yeah yeah and then yeah. they just like hire people that aren't credible and they end up getting yeah. like um it's kind of dangerous and now people also because they want people to have like these super big experiences they like spike it with 
things like DMT and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think if I had the opportunity to do it like the proper way, I would really like to experience ayahuasca. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, Next episode, Aline and I try ayahuasca. ayahuasca. <laughs> we recording in Peru, you said it is? Yes. Okay, we that's where them. we're going to be. Absolutely. Just kidding. But anyway, this was super interesting. Yeah, definitely. And me. I want to just encourage people, if they are hoping to experiment with drugs or they have in the past or they have never, just to like remain super curious and conscious when they are engaging in conversations about it. I don't think you should ever do anything regardless of how normal it is in society, whether you want to do it or not. And I think if you're worried about being perceived as cool or whatever, I think you should take a step back and really think about um, your love for your body and your body's experiences. And if it's something that you're just truly not interested in, then tell that person to kindly go fuck off and just do whatever feels right to you um, because you shouldn't be – yeah exactly also if you feel like you need backup just let me know because look at me i don't do drugs and i'm super cool absolutely you've (laughs) made like an entire case all episode that you're not cool but but you are very cool i'm square but i'm still cool right right? yeah that's fair and And i'm not synonymous yeah totally (laughs) i don't know what i toot toot baby toot my own horn yeah absolutely as you should um (laughs) anyway this was really fun i know i like this one actually it's super interesting we didn't actually disagree on as much as i want i think if we yeah, I think I think that what we where we differ is just that like you are so okay with it and you're such a curious cat and right. I am just not You're kind of just like it's not I just my, kind of don't see not like, my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Totally. I don't really see it as like a necessary part of my life in right. any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. And I love that for you. I'm just gonna go over and Smoke my weed. Love that. <laughs> yeah, the drinks are kind of fun and the gummies are kind of fun too. Those are yeah, pretty. Totally. When used appropriately and in the right headspace, I think Absolutely. they can be really nice. Absolutely. That's our huge caveat, our responsible 30 year old caveat. Is yes. That Just be responsible. Be That's yeah. all. <laughs> Live your life, but be responsible. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sound like my parents here, but like, I don't care what you do as long as you stay safe. Just, yeah, don't hurt yourself. Blanket. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Love ya. Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Accidental Friends with Lane and Kristen. Um, also, isn't it so funny that, sorry, I'm just going to go on a thing. Whenever I say that this is what you get when two Canadian women, I can't say it in any other inflection. I say it the exact same way every single week. So and now do it's I. ingrained into my brain. So do I. And I always go, Aline Duggan and Kristen Mandela. Mandela. I know. We sound like <laughs> reporters. Uh, we don't. But anyways, this has been Accidental Friends. We love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. Um... We're on Instagram at Accidental Friends Podcast, and we are on TikTok at Accidental Friends. We have a website, AccidentalFriendsPodcast.com. We are everywhere on the net, and we love to hang out, and we love to chat with you. We are out every single Thursday, a new episode. If you want to hear us talking about something in particular, we're willing to push the boundaries of the controversy. We both see the world completely differently, but we always come back together in a place of love and respect. So happy to chat about whatever you guys want to hear us duke it out about. Amen, sister. Amen. All right. Love you lots, Al. Love you.